chapter 1, verse 17. James chapter 1, verse 17. And while you're going there, I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together this morning to praise you and to lift your name on high. Father, I thank you for the word that will go forth this morning. And I pray that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened, that we may know you and your will for our lives in a greater way. Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who died on the cross and was resurrected, that we may have eternal life and access to your throne. We give your name praise, we give your name glory, we give your name honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, have y'all found James chapter 1 verse 17 yet? Now, I'm going to be reading from all kinds of versions today, but uh, whatever version you have, uh, we'll be close. All right, so I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, all right? And it says this, every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Uh, turn, if you will, to uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. I want to lay these foundation scriptures. Ephesians 4, 8, and it's here on the screen. Say amen. amen. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men. Somebody say gifts yes. unto men. All right. Come down a couple of verses to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man through the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So I want to talk to you this morning, uh, if I were to give this uh, a title, Embracing Your Gift from God. What are we talking about this morning? Embracing Your Gift from God. So I, I want to talk about gifts this morning, and I want to talk about the gifts that have been given to the church, to the body of Christ. Now, the first thing we must know and understand is that every, somebody say every, good gift comes from God. It comes from God. Now, God is the giver of what kind of gifts? Good gifts. Good gifts. And he gave us gifts. Now, this is not going to be, because I'm going to focus on one gift. It's not going to be a gift class. Amen. You know, because he gave all kinds of gifts, uh, gifts of healing, gift of faith, prophecy. We're we, we, we going to get into that later. All right. But I'm talking about specific gifts, ministry gifts that he has given 
to the body of Christ that he's given to the church. Now, these gifts, another thing you need to know about these gifts is that a gift is something that is voluntarily given of their free will. All right? And, and, and it's something that you do not earn or you deserve. Say, man, somebody say gift. You know, y'all know what I'm talking about. Anybody got a birthday coming up? Anybody got a birthday coming up? Say, man, somebody. All right. Uh, now, you know, I've seen them since I came here this morning. Gifts just flowing in. Gifts, gifts. Just gifts of appreciation. Gifts of love. Say amen, somebody. Amen. And, and that's what God has done for you. And that's what God has done for this church. He's given us gifts because he loves us. Not that we did anything to deserve him, but because he loves him. And he give, it gave us gifts. He gave us ministry gifts. But here's why I want you to know and understand as we move on. Although a gift is freely given, the gift must be freely received. The gift must be received. Hence the title of my message, Embracing Your Gift from God. See, God has given you a gift. Have you embraced the gift? See. Have you embraced the gift? And we're going to talk about what that means. Now, Jesus Christ has freely given to the body of Christ gifts. The scripture said he gave some, somebody say some, apostles. He gave some, somebody say some, prophets. And he gave some, somebody say some, evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Now, knows what it said and knows what it didn't say. Everybody ain't an apostle. Everybody ain't a prophet. Everybody ain't an evangelist. Everybody ain't a pastor. Every, I'm sitting here. Everybody ain't a pastor. Everybody ain't a pastor. All right? And teachers. See, he gave some. Some. Now, why would God, the giver of good gifts, give some gifts? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. There must be a reason for that. Because another thing you've got to understand about a gift, that a gift is valuable. Say amen. amen. If you receive it right, a gift is valuable. So let me tell you what God has done. God has anointed and he has appointed ministry gifts who have been endowed, equipped with enablements and the grace to fulfill their God-given assignments. So our pastors, Pastor James and Sandra Lilly, has been given by Christ to you. I don't, I don't think y'all, I'm going to come on this side. They have been given by Christ to you. I'm going to come over here. They've been given by Christ to you. They're here for you. This body, Eagle Summit, they've been given by Christ 
to you. So the question that I have this morning is that have you embraced your gift from Christ to you? Have you embraced him? See, we, 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 we spoke very highly of the pastors and everything they do. I told you that some of the things they did for us. But have you embraced it? Have you received it? Now, I told you I like to break words down, right? So the word embrace, what does it mean? It means to hold someone closely in one's arms, especially as a sign of affection. To accept or support a belief or theory or change willingly and enthusiastically. Say amen, somebody. I don't know if y'all noticed me before I came up here to minister, but I embraced my wife. Say amen, somebody. And she embraced me. It was a sign, I hold her close in my arms. Say amen, somebody. And, and I gave her a sign of affection, a kiss on the, the lips. That's all I can do in here. It, uh, but, 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 <laughs> I, I did it willingly and I did it enthusiastically. So the question, y'all understand, I'm asking y'all a question this morning. Have you embraced the gift that Christ has given to you willingly and enthusiastically? Say amen. All right, now. So today I'm a minister, again, from the subject, embracing the gift from God to you. Now, you must understand a gift. What a gift? I, I told you we're going to narrow it down. We, we're not talking about tongues interpretation this morning. Say amen, somebody. We talk about that later. All right? But I'm talking about the gift from Christ to you. He gave some pastors to this body, to this church, and we're going to talk about it. But first, let's understand the gift. Let's, let's understand the gift. If you don't understand the purpose of a gift, you're going to misuse it and abuse it. Same as somebody. And I, I don't think God would give you a gift to be misused and abused. Same as somebody. I know this pastor, he's not going to allow himself to be abused and misused. Say amen, somebody. Amen. But I, I got to tell you something. <laughs> now, I, I, I named you five ministry gifts, but I might be a little biased here this morning. But of those five, the gift that get abused the most is the pastor. Say amen, somebody. People, people, people don't embrace the pastor, all right? Because they think all they do is come up here on Sunday morning and preach. That's it. Oh, but if you only knew, if you only knew, the attacks, spiritual warfare, if you only knew, the late midnight hours, y'all were singing that song about blessed, late midnight hours, we spent some late midnight hours going before the throne of God, interceding on your behalf. Say amen, somebody. All the stuff, 
all the isms, same as somebody, that we got to deal with on a day-to-day. Y'all don't even know. Phone calls and situations and y'all just don't know. So it's more than just coming up here hollering and hooping on a Sunday morning. Say amen, somebody. I know y'all don't do that in here. I'm just saying some people, you know, y'all, you, we know some people. You know. you know, it's more than that. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But, but, but if, if you don't understand the purpose of a gift, if you don't understand why God gave the gift to you, you will abuse it or misuse it. Again, a gift is something of value that money cannot buy. And always remember this, although the gift is freely given to you by grace, it costs Jesus Christ everything. It cost him everything. So there was a sacrifice that was made for you to receive the gift from Christ to you. So your pastors are a gift from Christ to this local assembly. Eagle Summit Christian Fellowship Church who have been sent from Christ to you for a God-designed purpose. Say God-designed purpose. Now let's go back to... uh, Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 4. I got my amen corner right here. Yeah. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. Let's start back at verse 11. It says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Everyone doesn't have this gift. He gave it to some. But, 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 but there's a purpose for why the gifts were given. Right here in verse 12, for the equipping, if you have a King James, it says for the perfecting of the saints, watch this, for the work of ministry, for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ. That's why your, your gift is here, to equip you, to perfect you to do the work of ministry. Eagle Summit, the reason why this church is a great church is because all the ministry is not on him. Same as somebody. I I, I saw it when I walked in the door. No, I saw it when I pulled up in 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 the parking lot this morning. I saw it. Because just like God gave him as a gift and put gifts in him, guess what? Everybody in this room, if you're born again, how many people got born again in here? Raise your hand. If you're not, come on, come up front. Let me get this cell out the way right now. All right? If you're born again, guess what? You have gifts too. If you're born again, at least you got one gift. But if, you, if you're born again, of the Spirit of God, you have gifts in you too to be used. Often say this in ECC, you weren't saved to sit. 
you were saved to serve. Amen. All right, I, I ain't getting no amens over here. Uh, you, 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 you were not saved to sit, but you have been saved to serve. Turn your neighbors and neighbors, quit sitting on your gift. I said, said, quit sitting on your gift. Everybody in here got a gift. If you want again now, if not, come on up here. We're going to take care of that. It's like that. But you've given a gift from God to be used in this body, in this congregation, to support the vision that God has given your pastors. Can you say amen to somebody here? All right, so, so, so the purpose of the gift is to equip the saints to do work. If you got a Bible, underline that. If not, just run your finger through it. Work! Somebody say work. But it's good work. It's good work. And, and you're not alone in the work because the Lord says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. When he told his disciples to go out and make disciples, say amen somebody, you, you, you know that's what we're supposed to be doing, right? He said this, lo, I am with you, even till the end of the age. Say amen, somebody. So, so and then, oh, oh, I forgot. You got the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you? Whose job is to do what? To lead, guide, equip, all, all that wonderful stuff the Holy Spirit does for you? See, some people don't understand the Holy Spirit. They think all the Holy Spirit does make people run around the church. Say amen, somebody. Uh, I got a new slash for you. Uh, you ain't gonna find nobody running around the church in the Bible. But what you will see them doing is working. You're gonna see their gifts in op operation. You're gonna see the Holy Spirit working in them and through them. And you're gonna see signs, miracles, uh, and wonders. And, and, and let me tell you this. That just wasn't for the old Bible days. But that's for right now. Amen. How many of y'all know somebody, we need to see a sign? Yeah. We need to see some wonders. Yeah. We need to see some miracles yeah. in this day and time. Are y'all here this morning? Yeah. All right, so, so we, we understand the purpose. Now the other question is, how long? All right, it's right there in the, in the scripture. How many of y'all know uh, 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 scripture, interpret scripture? If you don't know, now you know. All right, so you got to be asking questions. Well, how long? How long? It's right here in verse 13. Till. And, and listen, it's that way in King James, New King James. Somebody, some, somebody left off the you. But till, watch this. Till we all come. Somebody say all. all. What does the word all mean? All. Until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect, mature man or woman to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, which means this is a continuous process. It's a continuous process. Nobody's gonna, no, nobody has arrived. Two days, ain't nobody arrived. Ain't nobody arrived. We all are working process. We all are working process, see? God wants to do something in and through you. Yes. 
he who has begun a good work. See what I'm saying? The good work is just beginning. Turn your name says good work is just beginning. It's just beginning. All right? So we know the answer question of how long. Now let's talk about the reason, the why. Verse 14. That we should no longer be children. No longer children. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Turn your name to that's right now. That's going on in 2016. In the church. Same in somebody. Uh, so, so, so there's a so the your your pastor, his his one of his functions, one of his roles is to mature you in the word. So you won't be tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Turn your name to the neighbor, plant yourself somewhere. Quit all this moving and going here and yonder. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Toss to and fro. Somebody talking about this, you over here. Somebody talking about this, you over here. Somebody talking about this, you back there. My Bible says God wants you planted. Like a tree by the living waters. Tree can't grow if you're all over the place. Turn names and get planted. All right? And there's a reason for why you need to get planted. So you won't get tossed to and fro. Let me tell you something. I often say this. We're, we're in the last days. How many of y'all know we're in the last days? Now, now I, I'm, I'm saying this. I, I ain't got no scripture to back it up. All right? I'm just going by the signs. What I see that we're in the latter part of the last days. Same as somebody. Y'all well what's going on around you? Yeah. Huh? Now I, I say that because you know as a believer, as a Christian, we need to keep our eyes what? Stay on Jesus. Do I need to tell y'all what the word stayed mean? All right, stay. That means you ain't looking at nobody but Jesus. All right? Who is the author and the finisher of your faith? So if you want to have faith in these last days, you need to keep your eyes stayed on Jesus. So you can't take your eyes off of Jesus and put your eyes on what's going on in the political realm. Say amen, somebody. Amen. I, I, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not even going there this morning. All right? Let, let me bring it close to home. You can't take your eyes off of Jesus and have your eyes on your situation. You can't take your eyes off Jesus and have your eyes on your problems. What your children doing. Say amen, Say amen somebody. Huh? You either got your eyes on Jesus 
or you got your eyes on your children. You either got your eyes on Jesus or you got your eyes on your problem and your situation. Turn to your name and say, what you looking at? Say, Miss somebody. What you looking at? That's, that's a title right there. That's a message. I'm the next message right there. Write that down. What you looking at? But that's going on right now. See, there's so much stuff that's going on in the world. But listen, it's not only going on in the world, it's going on in the church. If y'all only knew, I can't even watch TV no more. I can't even... I can't even watch the Word Network no more. It's off. Yeah. I'm writing a letter to my cable station. Get it off my TV. <laughs> because all, look, look, if you got the money, you can put it on the Word Network. Come on. They ain't concerned about no doctrine. They ain't concerned about no truth. They ain't concerned about no rightly dividing the Word. As long as you pay, pay, make sure that check, check clears. But there's no truth there. But here, in Eagle Summit, you'll find truth. See? And, and if you come here and you plant yourself here, you're going to hear the truth. And the Bible says that faith comes... By hearing, not, 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 not hearing what's going on CNN. Y'all do know what CNN means, right? Constantly negative news. Say amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And your pastor's job is to keep you in the word. See? Keep you in the word. Keep you in the word. Not, listen, not what people say about the word. Because we got to, but getting into this word, rightly dividing this word. Y'all know I'm feeling at home, right? You know? I look out, I see some of my people from ECC, I see folks from Empowerment College of Theology. Talk to them, they'll tell you. Huh? We're in that word, right? We're in that word, rightly dividing it. Line upon line. Y'all heard that from line upon line. That's how you do it. And when you understand the Bible that way, when you hear false teaching, you'll raise up. Now, how many of y'all got a little puppy? I got a little puppy at home. And my, my, my puppy, when he hears some strange stuff, yes. see, that's the way we should be when we hear some strange doctrine. And turn your neighbor and say, there's some strange doctrine out there. Oh my God, oh my God, there's some strange doctrine out there. See, I, 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 I'm of the persuasion Jesus plus nothing. All right? Jesus plus nothing. Listen, if he didn't accomplish it on the cross, it can't be done. I don't think y'all heard me. If he, didn't, if he didn't accomplish it on the cross, it can't be done. So it ain't Jesus plus this, Jesus plus this, 
Jesus plus this. It's Jesus plus nothing. Say amen, somebody. Jesus did it all. And each one of us in the saved is saved by grace. Turn to say, y'all off his notes right now. Uh, 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 he's saved by grace. All right? Through faith. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. I'm going to get back home, though, real, real quick. Okay? All right? So turn your neighbor and say, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the only way. That's right. That's it. All this Jesus plus stuff. Ain't no, ain't no Jesus plus nothing. All right? So the pastors are a gift from Christ to this local assembly who have been sent from Christ to you for a God-designed purpose. And we look at the reasons and the results. I'm going to results right now. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, say speaking the truth, speaking the truth. in love. In love. <sighs> we ain't doing neither one of them. I see, I, I, I want to go back on my notes, but we ain't doing neither one of them. We're not speaking the truth, and when we're speaking it, it's not being spoken in love. But that's how you're going to win your family. That's how you're going to win your neighbor. Is to speak truth to them. In love. Oh, it's going to hurt. Oh, it's going to hurt. But it's truth. And as long as you're speaking truth, God got your back. Turn your name and say, as long as I'm speaking truth, God got my back. Now, if you out there uh, uh, speaking something you, you heard on the internet, something you saw on YouTube, you on your own. Same as somebody. I, uh, I don't know if God going to have your back on that. Same as somebody. But if you're speaking truth, now listen, you know, that's one of those philosophical, intellectual arguments that people want to rise up. What is truth? Anybody ever studied philosophy? Yes. What is truth? Is there anything as absolute truth? Let me tell you what the Bible says. John chapter 8. Y'all yeah. want to know what it says? Yeah. Jesus said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. So we butcher that scripture sometimes. You are my disciples indeed. Watch this. Then you will know the truth. And then the truth will make you or set you free. Same as somebody. The Bible says you'll know the truth. Rightly divide the word, please. He said if the word abide in you and you abide in the word, you are my disciples indeed. All right, and what's a disciple? A disciple is a follower of a teacher in this it's this context is the teacher is who? Jesus Christ. So if you're in the word and the word is in you, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. See? And set you free if you're in bondage. If you're in bondage here this morning, you know what's going to get you out of bondage? The truth of God's word. Say amen. All right. 
speaking the truth in love, may grow up. What are we talking about? Spiritual maturity of the church. In all things unto him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by whatever joint supplies. Turn name and say, I'm a joint. Now, I think I better, uh, I think I better uh, clarify that. Now, again, Paul is using the analogy, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul uses the analogy about the body of Christ. Y'all know what, the ear, the eye, the foot, the nose, all them working together. Y'all know, y'all know. All right? So what Paul is saying is when, all, and, and the knees have what? Joints. Okay? I don't know where your mind went, but the knees have joints. Say, say, I, I feel somebody needs some deliverance right now in Jesus. Uh, uh, every joint supply. So what the word is saying is when you do what you're supposed to do, and you do what you're supposed to do, and you supposed to do what you're supposed to do. Now, notice what I'm saying. Know what I'm saying? You're doing what you're supposed to do. Not worrying about what somebody else is doing. But when you're doing what you're doing, the body is going to be knit together. And the body is going to work how? Effectually, when each part does its share. And when each part does its share, look what's going to happen, y'all. It causes what? Growth of the body. For the edifying building up of itself in love. Turn neighbors and neighbor, you're doing your part. To cause the body to grow. Hmm. Sometimes I, I think these questions I'm asking are rhetorical. Y'all think they're rhetorical questions. Your pastors are a gift given by Christ to this local church to perfect and equip you, to grow and mature you, to protect us from false teachers and wrong doctrine. Until we are all one in our faith, unity, mature in the things of Christ, which will result in the church being built up strong in faith and in love. Now, let's ask this question. I got full of questions today. Why do we need the gift of the pastor? I'm going to give you some points. Why do we need to get the pastor? Number one, the pastor instructs us on how to live by the word of God. Why do we need a pastor? Number one, he instructs us on how to live by the word of God. How to live. Uh, do I have Jeremiah 3.15? All right, let's go to Jeremiah 3.15 if you have your Bibles, iPads. Now, Jeremiah 3.15 has a, a verse of scripture I want to share with you this morning. Now, this is the Lord speaking. Turn your name. It's the Lord speaking. And he says, I will give you shepherds, King James says, pastors, according to my heart. Who will what? Feed you with knowledge and understanding. Who's this speaking? 
The Lord is speaking, and he says, I will give you. Then we look at that Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. He gave some. He said, I will give you. What is he going to give you? He's going to give you pastors. He's going to give you shepherds according to his heart. You want to know why Pastor Liddy do what he do? Did that come out right? That didn't even sound right. Grammatically, same answer. And they said he was a doctor. (laughs) But y'all know how we talk. Can we talk? All right. It said, I will give you pastors a shepherd according to my heart. You want to know why he does what he does? Because he has the heart of God. See? And the heart of God is sacrificial. See, a, 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 a true pastor, one more time now, a true pastor is going to sacrifice self for the greater good. And you can only do that when you have the, God, the heart of God and, and you demonstrate the love of God. Got any Greek scholars in the house? That's called agape love. See? That's that John 3.16 kind of love. Say amen. Uh, the, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. The heart of God is a giving heart. He gives, and he gives. Watch this, and he keeps on giving. Listen, I, listen I, I, I'm not, you know, talking about nobody else's call, because we know everybody calling themselves an apostle ain't an apostle, say amen. amen. The, the, we just lit the scripture. Everybody that calls himself a prophet, I hear prophet lines, say amen, somebody. You know, and it seems like everything you're prophesying about is what? God told me to, for you to write this down. Write this number down, write this number down, write this number down. That, that, that's, the, that's the return on the tithe that you're going to get. If you'll give it. Turn them saying, no prophets in the Bible talking about that. Read your Bible. They talking about judgment. Same as somebody. Them prophets were some bold some summons. They would walk up to kings and look them dead in their eyes and prophesy to them. Thus said the Lord, if you don't do this, you're going to die. And the prophet ain't changed. Now, y'all know we're under grace and everything, you know, so, yeah. But don't listen to a prophet if you're there. A true prophet. Now, a true prophet. And now, listen, how are you going to know what the prophet is saying, whether or not it's true or not? By the chill that goes up your spine? <laughs> oh, 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 I felt, oh, hey, I felt that. Huh? Who? Who? Mm. No. You better take what that prophet said. Or anybody. Take what they said and line it up. And see if the scriptures say so. But I will give you shepherds, pastors, according to my heart. He has the heart of God. 
That's why he does what he do. I'm not saying apostles, prophets, evangelists don't have the heart, but you got to have the heart of God to do this. To do this. Everybody called to do this. Two names I got a gift from God for me. So the gift of the pastor is to feed you with a balanced diet of the word. Say balanced diet of the word. All right. Now y'all know we love us some food, right? We love us some food. I love eating. Uh, you know, I had to drop a few pounds this year. Uh, I went to see the doctor in January, and uh, hey, I had to make some changes. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Uh huh. I thought my my doctor was a prophet. Okay. <laughs> no, no, serious business. If you don't stop eating this way, you're gonna die. It don't take a brain surgeon, okay? So I heeded the voice of my doctor prophet. Say amen, somebody. And I had to make some changes, you know? So it's all right to eat in moderation, but you can't be eating fried chicken every day. You can't be eating grits and ham hocks every day. And you ain't working out either? Oh my God. Listen, I'm just, this is real talk now. Real talk, people. All right? Two more of us going to the grave early. Because we're not eating right. Turn next say you need to learn to eat right. Notice what I said, learn, learn, learn. All right? Because how were we raised when we were this little girl's age? All right? You prepare that meal, you better not leave this table unless you eat everything that's on your plate. As hard as I had to work and sweat in here, all this aluminum foil, you better eat. Yeah, I, 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 I took some people way back, say this way. You know, you better eat. And we're sitting there. I see two peas. Eat your food. I'm going to beat you. So we grew up that way. So every time we plate full, sitting there burping and eating. Right? But that's not healthy. But on the other end, you can't eat rice cakes all day either. Cucumbers and all that good stuff you're supposed to be eating. Say balance. Say balance. Everything in life is about balance. See? But what do your pastor do? His job is to feed you a balance of the word of God. See? So we can't come in here and talk about destiny and harvest and breakthroughs all day long. Same as when, when you look at me, 
I said all day long. Come on. All right? We got to add some repentance in there. Come on. We got to add some turn from your wicked ways in here. Huh? We got to add some seek the Lord. While he still can be found up in there. And give it to you. You know a child eat ice cream all day and you put it in front of them? But it's not good for them. But your pastor, pastors, we've been charged to give you a balanced meal every time we gather, every time we assemble. Turn names to the neighbor, how you eating? How you eating? And just like physical food, we need physical food in order for our physical bodies to live. We need spiritual food in order for our spiritual bodies to function and to grow. Say amen. So we need that right dividing of the word. We need that balanced meal. Now, I'm looking at my time here. I'm going to have to give you some things here. Because I can't leave without giving you this. How many of y'all know there's consequences for not being fed the word? Huh? All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go through these and, uh, and um, you know, y'all want the notes, y'all let me know. But number one, you'll never grow as a believer. Never. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 2, that we are to desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. But turn to name, you got to start on milk. But you can't stay on milk. Now nah, y'all ain't hear what I said. You start on milk, but you can't stay on milk. All right? You feed a baby what? Milk. If that joker 15 years old, he's still drinking milk. He's not going to develop properly. Y'all, y'all get what I'm saying? I'm trying to make some analogies. Vice versa. If the first thing he put in his mouth is a state, he's going to choke to death. Turn your name and say balance. balance. You got to find a balance in life. All right? And, and so if you're not being fed the word, you're going to keep on desiring milk. Keep on desiring milk. But Hebrews 5, 13 and 14 says, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food, what kind of food? Solid Solid food belongs to those who are full age or mature, that is, those who by reason of use, use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. See, if you're not being fed the word properly, you're not going to be able to discern good from evil. And how many of y'all know we live in a time where they're calling good evil and they're calling evil good? Yes. Listen, listen, listen. I ain't talking about out in the world. I ain't talking about out in the world. That's expected of them. They don't know. I'm talking about church folk. They're calling good evil, and they're calling evil good. In 2016, y'all, what's going on? Milk, that's what's going on. 
Nobody's even desiring any solid food. See, but turn to your neighbor and say, if you're going to grow, you, you're going to need some solid food. So you got to be hungry for the word of God. Look, look, Pastor, you're talking about too much food right now. Don't you hear my stomach growling? So, so, so we're going to move from the food, all right? Because I'm starting to, you know. Number two, you will never mature in faith. Oh, my God. Romans 10, 17, so then faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You are what you hear consistently. You are what you hear consistently. Jesus said that you got to guard your eye gate, what you see, and you got to guard your ear gate, what you hear. As people of God, we need to be hearing what? Faith. So our faith can do what? Grow. And the only way we're going to know hear faith is by the word being properly preached. See? That's why I love this church. Okay? No, I'm not here every Sunday, but I'm here every Sunday. Say amen. I'll, I'll listen to y'all on podcast. Same as my. All right? Yay for the podcast. All right? So, 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 so the question is, what are you hearing consistently that allows faith to rise up in you Watch this, when your faith is tested. Uh, y'all ain't hear me this morning. Y'all, y'all ain't hear me? James said that the testing of your faith. Now, I know what the scripture says. James tried to pe- be polite. He said that the testing of your First of all, he said be a, good, be a good cheer, be a good joy when trials and tribulation come. James, what are you talking about? He said count it all joy. Same as mine. Count it all joy. For the testing of your faith is going to produce. Now, James says it's going to produce patience. That's the ultimate outcome. That's the desired result. But turn to your neighbor and say, the testing of your faith is going to produce something. Because, let me tell you, let me tell you this, when your faith is tested, whatever's in you is coming out. Uh, y'all, let me come on this side. Y'all, y'all don't hear me over here. When your faith is tested, whatever's in you is coming out. And, and let me tell you this. If you are, you, if, if you are a blood-bought, tongue-talking, born-again, child of God, living by grace, your faith is going to be tested. The question is, when it's tested, what's, come, what's coming out? What's going what's come, what's come, come out? Something's going to come out. See, will it be something that's going to take your faith to another level? Or it's going to be something that's going to have you drawn back, falling back, falling away? The scripture said, in the last day, there's going to be a great falling away from the faith. From the faith. Now, see, that's a, we, we, got to, we got to break that down. We got to write and trouble that. That means that you were once in faith, Come on. but now you have fell away from the faith. 
You once heard and received the truth of God's word, but you put it on the, on the back burner now for something the world has to offer. And you done fell away to the, from the faith so, so far you can't find Genesis if your life depended on it. Turn next and say, stay in faith. And the only way you're going to stay in faith is staying in the word. Same as somebody. Then I tell you the consequences. All right, number three, you will never experience the God kind of life. How many of y'all know God got a life that he has prepared and designed specifically for you? Huh? We know Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans to keep you safe, plans to give you a hope, plans to give you a future. You know how many people run around here with no hope, no future? I'm talking about believers. When the scripture is full of hope to give you a future, an expected end. John 10, 10 said, the thief comes to do three things. That's to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm going to read this to you from Amplified. He said, but I am come that you may have, say that I may have, and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full and to the overflows. My, my. That's the God kind of life that he has for you. But you'll never receive it if you're not being fed the word. And then the devil will come in to do what he do, which is to kill, steal, and destroy. I, I, I can't take you to Mark. Everything in me won't take you to Mark 16 right now. Where, uh, Mark 4, sorry. Uh, 14 and 15. Y'all write that down and get to it later. Talks about those four types of ground, soils. But this one says uh, that when the word is sown, Satan comes immediately. How does he come? Immediately. And he snatches the word from your heart. Saints of God, we can't allow Satan to snatch the word from our heart. Because when he snatched the word from our heart, he's snatching life. See, that God designed life that he uh, has prepared for us. So we got to hold fast to the word. We got to hold fast to the word. That's why you need to come to church, so you can hold fast to the word. That's why you need to come to church, so the word that was planted now can be watered. Turn names to come to church, to hear the word, so you can grow. Number four, you'll never be able to overcome the devil. Never. The devil's going to have you for lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I ain't never seen so many struggling Christians in my life. Going to church every Sunday. Every time the church door open, they're right there. They first one into the. Uh, they, they got the keys. Same as money. But they're living defeated lives, huh? You'll never be able to overcome the devil. Matthew four four. We don't have time to go there. 
But y'all know it. Satan came to Jesus. He thought at Jesus' weakest moment. He been fasting, y'all, for 40 days. Anybody in here went on a four-day fast? See, see, I'm, I'm, I'm old school Pentecostal holiness. You know, there's some skinny people in Pentecostal holiness. Say amen, somebody. Because they, they ain't eating. All right? So, yeah, I'm, look, look, I ain't talking about no Daniel fast. I'm talking about no, no, nothing but water and juice. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But listen, that was designed for you, not for God. That was designed to get you ready to prepare you and equip you spiritually so that you can hear from God. So Jesus was in the wilderness and fasted for 40 days and the devil said, all right, I got him now. I got him. Three times he came at Jesus with a temptation. And three times Jesus came back at him with his feelings, with some philosophy, with some man-made doctrine. Three times he came at Jesus and three times Jesus said, came back at him with the word. So what's going to get the devil off your back? All this whining and crying and sniveling. They ain't going to get the devil off your back. There's only one thing that's going to get the devil off your back. You'll be able to speak to him away from me, devil, because it is written. Say me, somebody. So, and the Bible says that we are world overcomers. The Bible says that we are victorious in every situation. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors. So how can you be a more than overcoming, devil-stomping Christian if you ain't got no word in you? Huh? I, I need to move on. Listen, and my fifth point here is that God has nothing to confirm in your life. Mark 16, 20, I will read this. And they, talking about the disciples, went out and preached everywhere as the Lord commanded them to do. And the Lord, who? The Lord was working with them and confirming the word with signs following. What did the Lord confirm? The word. They were doing, they were obedient to what the Lord had instructed them to do. And as they were obedient to the word, the Lord confirmed their actions with signs. But what they were doing, what were they doing? What the Lord told them to do. They weren't adding to, they weren't subtracting from. So without a proper balance of the word of God, you will, be ne never, be, you will never be able to fulfill God's highest will, plans, and purposes for your life. And the last thing, point we're going to make, then we're going to go eat, since I was talking about food all day, say amen, is that the pastor watches over your souls. Now, if I had some time, I would tell y'all the difference, 
they're between spirit and soul. Uh, but a lot of people get that confused. Man is a tripartite being made of spirit, soul, and body. Turn name say your soul is different from your spirit. If you have the spirit of God, you're okay. But your soul, your mind, this thing up here, your, your, your inner man, this thing in here, it got to be renewed daily. Renewed with what? With the word, daily. All right? That's our job, daily. So the pastor is watching over your soul. He's watching over your mind. Listen, when Satan attacks, he attacks the mind. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He uses thoughts, ideas, and suggestions to create fear, worry, and doubt in your life. That's how he operates. He just came and just gave, he just came and gave, gave evil suggestions. He didn't make Eve eat. He just gave even an evil suggestion. Did God really say? I don't And then her flesh came in. She ate the fruit, gave it to her. Uh, 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 gave, it, gave it to Adam and he didn't put up no kind of fight even though God gave the word to him that's a whole nother message pastor we got to talk about alright alright and y'all know the rest of the story but all he did was make a suggestion did the Lord really did God really say turn neighbors and you need to know what the word says so, so the devil won't come and, 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 and do you in. All right, now, First uh, Peter 5, 1 and 2 talks about taking the oversight. The pastor's role is to take the oversight. And I'll read this for you uh, from Amplified. Taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not by filthy lucre, not dishonorably, motivated by advantages or profit belonging to the office. He's not going to take advantage of the office. Not for what you will get out of it, but of a ready mind because you were eager to serve the Lord. The call to pastors, the call to service. Let me say it again. Uh, I don't see nobody taking no notes. Uh, the, the, the call to pastors, a call to serve. Now, let me go ahead and make it plain and make it clear. The call, period, is a call to serve. Y'all need to get that. I talk about the four callings. See, everybody think there's one call. There's four calls. First of all, there's a call to salvation. All right, that's the first one. Then after the call to salvation, there's a call to be discipled. See, that's the second one. As soon as you say, you need to be disciple. Amen. The third call is the call to serve. See, and you can't, you can't serve unless you've been what? Disciple. And the fourth call is the call to ministry to be used by God. 2016, they skipping over step two and three. 
They got saved two weeks ago. Now they're an apostle. They got an apostle YouTube ministry. And people on YouTube, I can't go there, Pastor. I can't, I can't go there. I can't go there. All right? But a call to, to, for the pastors to oversee the flock, to serve them. Acts 20, 28, the Holy Spirit has made the pastor an overseer of the flock. He didn't do that on his own. Nobody in their right mind is going to become a pastor on their own. Because like we talked about earlier, pastor and I, they won't have the grace to do it. That's why you got so many pastors leaving the ministry by the thousands. Every what? Month? Every month. Because he went to school and got a piece of paper. That piece of paper does not qualify you to pastor. It's a call from God. And how many of y'all know who God calls, he enables and equips? All right? So, so, so he serves, uh, 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 he oversees the people and he serves as an example. First Peter 3, not being lords over the, those entrusted by you, but being examples to the flock. Your pastor serves as an example of excellence to the believer. Daniel 6.3 says Daniel distinguished himself and was promoted and elevated because he knew people. He had a hookup. No, because an excellent spirit was in him. See, an excellent spirit. See, and, and how do you get an excellent spirit? By being around people who have a spirit of excellence on the inside of them. So, like the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he said these words. Follow me as I follow Christ. I like what the NIV says. The NIV says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. The Apostle Paul wrote it like this in Philippians 4.9, the things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, do practice these things in daily life. And when you do this, the God of peace, the God of peace and well-being will be with you. So, Eagle Summit, as I close, Christ has given unto this body of believers gifts, gifts to teach us and equip us for ministry, to teach us how to live by the word and have, how to have the more than abundant life that teach us how to apply the word to our daily lives, who watches over our souls, who serves as an example of faith in both word and deed. So my final question before I take my seat, 
That's what I used to say when I was a Baptist preacher. Y'all know by this time we'd be hooping, right? Uh, how do we respond to the gift that God has blessed us with? We receive the gift, we embrace the gift with thanksgiving and joy. Amen. Hebrews 13, 7 says, remember your leaders, for it was they who brought you the word of God and consider the result of their conduct, the outcome of their godly lives, and imitate their faith, their conviction, their conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider of eternal salvation through Christ, and imitate their reliance on God with absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. Come down a couple verses, Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them continually, recognizing their authority over you, for they are constantly keeping watch over your souls and guarding your spiritual welfare, welfare as men who will have to render an account. Do your part. Let them do this with gladness. How? With gladness and not with sighing or groaning, for that would not be profitable for you. So we thank God today for the gift of the pastor that he has given unto us. And I want you to know this as I close. When God gave gifts unto Eagle Summit, Christian Fellowship Church, he gave to us two of the best. Please stand on your feet and give God thanks and praise for the gifts that he has given unto us. God bless you.